Hey everyone, I'm Lisa and welcome to my podcast. I am a personal trainer for 22 years now and I'm here basically to talk about health and fitness. And right now I have an article in front of me about the 10 best exercises to tone every inch of your body. So what I'd like to do is go over these and tell you from my perspective what's good, what's bad, what's most effective. Because every time you go to the gym, the main thing that you want to do is make sure that your time is well worth it and spent on making sure that you're doing the right exercises the correct way, the most bang for your buck. So, and whether you're working out at home or at the gym, you need to be careful about what kind of weight that you're using, making sure that you're using proper form. So I will go over a little bit about each one of these so that you have an idea of what is best. So the number one is lunges. And I kind of have a love-hate relationship with lunges because a lot of times people who have not even just bad knees, but knees that are a little bit more sensitive than others, whether you were a runner or whether you played sports in high school, a lot of times as we get older, Um, our knees have a tendency to become just a little bit more sensitive. And even with mine, although I'm just 39, um, lunges can be a little rough. So what I've done to modify that is a lot of people will go, will try to go really deep in their lunges. And so whether they're lunging forward or lunging back or even in a static lunge position, if you're going too deep in that lunge, it's going to affect the knees more. And basically what you're looking for is just keeping a constant contraction on the muscles. When you're doing lunges, you're working your quads and your glutes. So as long as you're feeling that constant tension, that constant hold, then you're doing the lunge correctly. Your knees should always be over your ankles, but only go as deep as what's comfortable for you and start off not holding any weight. And then progressively increase the weight over time so that you can avoid injury and keep that knee sensitivity at bay. And there's also different types of lunges. So what I would recommend is possibly a curtsy lunge where your rear leg comes behind at an angle. So just like in a typical curtsy. That seems to take a little bit of the pressure off of the knees when you're, when you're at an angle. So give those a try or just don't go as deep in your lunge. There's always squats, which work the quads and the glutes. And that's another exercise in here that we'll go over. But lunges can be a little tricky. So if you're in constant pain doing your lunges, don't do them until you can get your body in perfect form. Whether if you want to balance on a chair or if you want to utilize maybe some padding underneath your knee, then that might be an alternative to whenever you're doing lunges, just to make them more comfortable. And obviously, again, start doing them without weight and then progressively add a little bit of weight over time so that you're not at risk for any injury in your knee. So the next exercise that they talk about is push-ups. And one of my number one complaints from my clients about push-ups is pain in their wrist. And I always give them the modification of a chest press instead of a push-up. 
mainly because it takes the pressure off of the wrist and you're still working the chest muscles. So whenever you're in a push-up position, you are in kind of a modified plank position as well, whether you're on your knees or on your toes. So doing traditional push-ups are going to be working your abdominals as well as your chest. So a modification that I also have so that my clients are getting the best of both worlds is while they're doing a chest press and they're laying on the mat, lift your feet off of the ground with your knees bent at a 90 degree angle. That's going to engage your core just a little bit more similar to where you're in a push-up, a traditional push-up position and it won't hurt your wrist. So moving on to number three is obviously the squat. So this article itself has squats and deadlifts in it. So I'll go ahead and preface that now. Um, anytime that you flex the knee, you are engaging the quads. So if you want to concentrate mainly on the glutes, then you will want to do the deadlift instead of the squat because with the deadlift, you're hinging at your hips instead of flexing at the knee, therefore concentrating most of the muscle activation in your glutes. So squats are important though because your quads are one of the bigger muscles in the body. So that means they are also your metabolic burners. So by training the bigger muscles, you get a better metabolic burn both during exercise and after exercise. Again, with the squats, it's just like with the lunge. You want to make sure that your knee is over your ankle and when you squat down, you want to come down as if you're sitting in a chair. And I always tell my clients, pretend as if that chair is not there and you'll get a deeper squat. And unlike lunges, because you're using both of your legs, you're going to have a little bit more balance so that it's not going to affect your knees as much. So if you can't do lunges because of your knees, give the squats a try and again, Always start out with minimal weight or no weight at all until you get comfortable with your form and then you can progressively add weight over time. The next one they say is the dumbbell press. So this is an overhead press and with these, the main thing that you want to watch out for is shoulder pain. So as your arms come down at your shoulders, you want to keep them parallel and then push straight up. So if you start out with these without holding any weight, you'll be able to perfect your form, and then after that, by adding weight, you're going to increase the resistance, therefore increasing your strength and increasing muscle, which again is the metabolic burner. So with overhead presses, you need to be careful about how much weight that you're holding and just making sure that you are not pressing too much weight over your head, causing any type of injury within your rotator cuff. Dumbbell rows are one of my favorites. These are where you are standing and then you lean forward a little bit and you're pulling the weight up to your back, increasing the resistance in, your, in the tension between the shoulder blades. And you can either do a wide row or a narrow row. So a wide row is where your elbows are out and you're pulling the weight up. A narrow row is when you are holding the weight and you're pulling it straight back. 
but this engages the back muscles. Again, it's a large muscle group. That means it's also a large metabolic burner. So they always call these the little black dress exercises because they make your back look great, but they also have the hidden benefit of making you stand up straight. Since we live in a society where we are constantly looking at computers, constantly looking at phones, we are constantly looking down at something. So performing rows are going to strengthen your back so that you're lifting your shoulders back up instead of being hunched over. And that's why a dumbbell row is so important. The next one are deadlifts, either a single leg or the traditional Romanian deadlift. The important thing with deadlifts is to make sure that as you come down with the weight in front of you, you want to make sure that you're hinging at the hip. And when you come down, you want to make sure that you feel the stretch in your hamstrings and then that's the time that you pull back up to standing. But the key here is when you pull up, you need to be squeezing your glutes instead of using your back to pull the weight up. So if you're going down into a deadlift and then you're shifting your weight to bring yourself up and you feel tension in your back, you need to be utilizing the glute muscles more in that posture because if you're not, that's when you're going to end up with back pain. And a lot of people with deadlifts, they complain of lower back pain because they're not utilizing their glutes to lift their body back up. So if you're thinking about doing a deadlift, the main muscle group that you're trying to target is the hamstrings and the glutes. So whenever you're performing the exercise, is if you're using your back to bring you back up, you're working your back and not your hamstrings or your glutes. So you want to mentally think of contracting all of the muscles in, in your hips to bring you back up to standing so that you're holding the proper muscles under a constant tension. And a lot of times the tip that I tell my clients is you need to pull up from the pelvic floor. So as you pull that weight up, you want to contract the pelvic floor and the glutes together so that that motion is what's raising your body instead of any tension in your lower back. And I, I have a lot of clients that once they hear that and realize that and try it, that's when they get a better understanding of which muscles to use during a deadlift and they see instant change and their lower back no longer hurts when they're performing the exercise. And I also get a lot of why do we work the glutes so much? Well, it's, it's not so much because the results are pretty, but it's also because the glutes are connected to your IT band and your IT band is connected to your knees. So, the stronger your glutes and hamstrings are, the stronger your knees will be. My favorite, the burpee. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with the burpee. Um, I try to uh, stay away from the burpees in my group classes because people don't like them. I have a lot of different modifications for them. Um, but the best thing about doing burpees is the ability to get your heart rate up extremely quickly. So if you are doing any type of high intensity training, the burpee is the number one go-to to speed up your heart rate fast. 
And um, that's why a lot of programs have them in there because if you're looking at your at-home workouts that are 20 to 30 minutes, if you're only working out for 20 to 30 minutes, the workouts have to be effective and they have to get your heart rate up pretty quick. So a lot of times they will include burpees. I have various modifications to burpees, the best of which is to just slow them down. Um, If you're not used to burpees, then take the same motion of the burpee, but slow it down and go one leg at a time on the way up instead of jumping up. You're still going to get your heart rate up because you're utilizing every muscle that you have performing a burpee, but by taking it, slowing it down and breaking it down piece by piece, you're going to get the same effect as jumping your heart rate, but you won't have the impact as much so with your regular burpee. Next one, side planks, one of my favorites. Um, Side planks and planks in general are one of the best core strengthening exercises around. Um, I like to do planks and what I call actually an active plank. So I'm in a traditional plank position and then I will rotate side to side just to make sure that I'm engaging all of the muscles in the core. One of the things that they left out of this article in particular is the reverse plank, which is almost like a reverse tabletop position. Um, It does work your back. So, and if you think about it, your back is a part of your core. So when you're doing planks and side planks, it's also really important to do the reverse plank or reverse tabletop where you're lifting your back off of the ground so that you are working the back muscles. And this can also, um, instead of doing a reverse plank, you can do um, what they call a reverse locust where you are on the ground and you're laying directly on your stomach and your chin is forward, you're looking ahead and you're, you're basically just lifting your legs and your arms up off the ground and you hold that for maybe 10 to 15 seconds starting off at first go about three sets with that, and then you would progressively make that time a little bit longer, say up to 30 seconds for about three to four sets, just to make sure that you're working in those back muscles along with your planks and your side planks to work the obliques. And the sit-up, the love-hate relationship with the sit-up. The biggest concern that I have with sit-ups is a lot of people do not do them correctly. So... Whenever you're in a traditional sit-up position, a lot of people will put their hands behind their head and they will stretch their neck so that their chin is right at their chest and they will pull their neck up as they're performing a sit-up. The proper way to do a sit-up and to get the most bang out of your buck when you're doing a sit-up is you're laying on your back and as you're lifting, you're not lifting your head. You're lifting the upper body up and off of the floor with your hands resting behind your head only for support. So a few tricks in order to do this correctly is you want plenty of space between your chin and your chest, number one. Number two, you're lifting your upper body up and off the floor. Number three, you want to look at the ceiling instead of out in front of you. So if you're looking up, your body's going to go up. And then the final trick is if you can imagine a string 
that goes from your nose to the ceiling. And if someone was pulling on that string, it lifts the entire upper body up and off the floor and you're using your abs to keep those engaged to be able to lift. That's the proper way to do a sit-up. Another trick with doing sit-ups in any core exercise is to make sure that when you're laying on your back, that your lower back is pressed into the mat. The best way to do this is when you come down to the ground and you position your body about to do a sit-up. Perform a pelvic tilt. Tilt your pelvis up so that your lower back is pressed into the mat and then perform your sit-up or your crunch. That will engage more muscles in the abdominal area, therefore giving you, once again, the most bang for your buck. The glute bridge. I love the glute bridge because everyone can do it. Glute bridges are when you're laying on your back and your feet are on the floor and you raise the lower half of your body up and off the floor. So, couple of keys here. Make sure that whenever you're performing them, you want the weight of your body pressing down into the heels onto the floor so that as you're raising your body up, you're not crunching at your neck, you're not putting pressure into your shoulders. What you want to do is lift from the hips, pressing the weight of your body into your heels so that your upper body is relatively relaxed and stable and all of the work is being done from your hips. This is another one of those, whenever you want to engage the glute muscles, you have to use all of the muscles within the hips, the pelvic floor, the hip flexors, the glutes, to raise your body up and off the floor. A glute bridge can be done with or without a weight. If you choose to use a weight, put it right across your hips and have that be your resistance right there. So glute bridges are great. Just make sure that you're not crunching at your neck and you're not maneuvering your upper body in such a way where you're using more of your upper body to push your body off the floor than you are your hips. So in this article, those are the exercises that they cover. I think um, it's a pretty good article. Um, it doesn't really cover a whole lot of cardio exercises, but in later podcasts, we'll get into all of that. So I hope you enjoyed a few tips and tricks about just some of the basic exercises that I went over. A lot of this stuff I do tell my clients in class. It takes a couple of times for them really to understand it. But the important thing is, whenever you are working out, whether you're at the gym or at home, you want to make sure that you're, you're utilizing the right muscles that you're performing the exercise for. So if you're doing a crunch and your neck is completely crooked so that your chin and your chest are together and you're not utilizing your abdominals, it's not engaging the right muscles. So whenever you do an exercise properly, that's where the change is going to happen. That's where you're going to see more of the difference. A lot of people, when they start exercising, the reason why they get frustrated with it is because they're not doing it right. And whenever you're taught how to do the exercises right, you don't have to do so many of them. And so it motivates you to say, 
hey, I can work out for 20 or 30 minutes and get a really good workout in, as long as you're doing the exercises correctly. So if you have any questions, my email is lisajoannfitness at gmail.com. Feel free to contact me and I will be back for another podcast. If you have any requests or topics you want me to cover, just let me know. Y'all have a great day. Thank you.